Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of digoxin found under the cardiovascular section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 50-year-old man with a past medical history of renal failure and dilated cardiomyopathy presents to the emergency room for nausea, vomiting, and blurry vision. He noticed that previously white objects now look yellow. He was recently started on digoxin. An echocardiogram reveals an atrioventricular block. He is found to be hyperkalemic. He is given an antidote for suspected digoxin toxicity. Let's continue with an introduction to digoxin. As a reminder, digoxin is a drug that is a cardiac glycoside derived from the foxglove plant Digitalis purpurea. Its mechanism of action is that it causes direct reversible inhibition of the sodium-potassium ATPase. This causes an increase in intracellular sodium and a decrease in intracellular potassium. It also indirectly inhibits the sodium-calcium exchanger. The increased intracellular sodium prevents expulsion of calcium from the cell and increases intracellular calcium. Ultimately, this results in an increase in free calcium ions, an increase in inotropy and contractility, and an increase in vagal tone. The increase in vagal tone results in a decrease in conduction through the sinoatrial and atrioventricular nodes and a decrease in heart rate. Clinically, digoxin is used for heart failure, left ventricular dysfunction, and atrial fibrillation. Now let's discuss its toxicity. As a reminder, toxicity of digoxin can be fatal. Its clinical manifestations include gastrointestinal symptoms, which are most common, and include nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, and diarrhea. There may be vision changes, which include yellow halos around objects and blurry vision. There may also be hyperkalemia and arrhythmias, in particular atrial ectopy and atrial tachycardia. Risk factors for severe toxicity include renal failure. This may be due to chronic conditions, such as from diabetes causing diabetic nephropathy or heart failure causing poor kidney perfusion. It may also be due to medications, such as from nephrotoxic agents like aminoglycosides, from contrast dye, or from NSAIDs with chronic use or acute overdose. Another risk factor is hypokalemia. Remember that potassium competes with digoxin for binding sites and excretion. So low potassium allows digoxin to bind at potassium binding sites on the sodium-potassium ATPase. In terms of the evaluation, one should perform a serum digoxin concentration as well as evaluate a serum potassium in serial electrocardiograms. Treatment for toxicity includes digoxin antibodies, such as anti-digoxin fab fragments, as well as magnesium and activated charcoal for those patients who present within one to two hours of ingestion. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to digoxin, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 65-year-old man presents to the emergency department with the sensation of palpitations. He states this feeling had started two days ago and has been worsening. The patient has a past medical history of hypertension, diabetes, peripheral vascular disease, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. He recently stayed at a cabin in the mountains and went on daily hikes. A review of systems is notable for abdominal pain and nausea and vomiting during this time frame. He also feels like he sees a glare around lights at night that is new. His temperature is 98.1 degrees Fahrenheit, or 36.7 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 112 over 73. Pulse is 122 beats per minute. Respirations are 16 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. 
an ECG is performed and demonstrates atrial ectopy and tachycardia with a 2 to 1 conduction rate. Which of the following is the most likely etiology of this patient's symptoms? And the answer choices are Choice 1, diltiazem. Choice 2, digoxin. Choice 3, Lyme disease. Choice 4, metoprolol. Or choice 5, right-sided myocardial infarction. The best answer to this question is choice 2, digoxin. This patient is presenting with abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, visual disturbances, and an ECG with atrial ectopy and tachycardia with a 2 to 1 conduction rate suggestive of digoxin toxicity. Digoxin can be used to treat atrial fibrillation, atrial flutter, and heart failure with poor ejection fraction. Digoxin is not necessarily a first-line agent and does not reduce mortality. However, it can reduce symptoms in heart failure and it can serve as an atrioventricular blocking agent that can be used in atrial fibrillation or flutter that slows the heart rate without depressing cardiac contractility, which is useful for patients with the low blood pressure. Toxicity of digoxin can include cardiac symptoms such as syncope and dysrhythmias including premature ventricular contractions, bradycardia, and heart block, as well as GI symptoms which include nausea and vomiting and abdominal pain, Neurologic symptoms, which include weakness, confusion, and visual disturbances, such as visual halos and scotomas, and electrolyte changes, such as hyperkalemia for an acute overdose, or hypokalemia with chronic use, and hypomagnesemia. Digoxin can cause atrial ectopy, resulting in atrial tachycardia. Given its AV node blocking properties, there will often be a 2 to 1 or 3 to 1 conduction rate rather than 1 to 1. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Diltiazem is a calcium channel blocker that can lead to AV block and bradycardia. The treatment would be glucagon, insulin, dextrose, calcium, and epinephrine in an overdose. It would not cause GI or visual symptoms. Choice 3. Lyme disease would present with malaise, arthralgias, myalgias, headache, facial nerve palsy, and erythema migrans. Lyme carditis could cause heart block. However, this patient lacks any other historical features other than hiking to point towards this diagnosis. Choice 4. Metoprolol in overdose can cause sinus bradycardia with heart block and would be treated similarly to a calcium channel blocker overdose. It would not cause GI or visual symptoms. However, it can cause hypoglycemia. Choice 5. Right-sided myocardial infarction can infarct the SA node and potentially lead to sinus bradycardia. However, it would present with crushing chest pain and ST elevations in leads 2, 3, and AVF. Finally, a bullet summary. Digoxin toxicity can cause atrioventricular block, bradycardia, GI disturbance, and visual halos. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 67-year-old woman with the past medical history of heart failure, atrial fibrillation, hypertension, diabetes, gout, and bipolar 1 disorder presents with nausea, vomiting, and syncope. The patient can recall no sick exposures, recent travel, or medication changes other than over-the-counter medications for some knee pain she has had. She does not smoke and rarely drinks alcohol. She complains of changes in her vision as well. Her temperature is 98.1 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.7 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 72 over 53. Pulse is 33 beats per minute. Respirations are 13 breaths per minute, and oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Physical exam reveals a frail woman. She has dry mucous membranes and muscle wasting. 
an ECG is performed and demonstrates bradycardia with ST segment scooping. Which of the following most likely contributed to this patient's presentation? And the answer choices are choice 1, acetaminophen, choice 2, colchicine, choice 3, fluoxetine, choice 4, ibuprofen, or choice 5, lithium. The best answer to this question is choice 4, ibuprofen. This patient is presenting with a history of heart failure and atrial fibrillation with nausea, vomiting, visual disturbances, and bradycardia, which is concerning for digoxin toxicity, a medication commonly used for heart failure and atrial fibrillation. Ibuprofen is the likely exacerbating factor as it can impair kidney function. Remember that digoxin is cleared by the kidney. Also, ibuprofen is a common medication used to treat knee pain. Digoxin is a cardiac glycoside that inhibits the sodium-potassium ATPase and raises intracellular cardiac myocyte calcium levels, increasing cardiac contractility, making it useful in reducing exacerbations of pulmonary edema. It also blocks the AV node and can be used to control dysrhythmias like atrial fibrillation with rapid ventricular response or atrial flutter in patients with poor ejection fractions, as a low ejection fraction would make AV node blocking medications like metoprolol or diltiazem less desirable as they would further decrease cardiac contractility. Digoxin toxicity can occur from intentional overdose or in patients with declining renal function, such as in diabetics or patients who use NSAIDs, as it is cleared by the kidney. Digoxin toxicity classically presents with visual disturbances, described as visual halos, nausea, vomiting, and brady or tachydysrhythmias. The treatment of digoxin toxicity is to replete and correct any electrolyte derangements and administer anti-digoxin antibodies. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Acetaminophen is an antipyretic and analgesic. In overdose, it could present with a spectrum of symptoms from asymptomatic to fulminant liver failure. The acetaminophen level 4 hours after ingestion can be plotted on the rumac matthew normogram, and if the level is above the treatment threshold, N-acetylcysteine should be started. Choice 2. Colchicine can be used to treat gout, and it may cause side effects including nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and peripheral neuropathy. It should not be administered if there is kidney dysfunction, as it is cleared by the kidney. It would not cause visual disturbances. Choice 3. Fluoxetine is an SSRI used to treat depression. It can prolong the QT interval, and in overdose or with other serotonergic agents, it can cause serotonin syndrome, which presents with diaphoresis, tachycardia, agitation, nystagmus, clonus, and hyperreflexia. Choice 5. Lithium can cause many side effects, including bradycardia, ataxia, tremor, hypothyroidism, eczema, edema, weight gain, nephrogenic diabetes insipidus, and Epstein anomaly in pregnancy. It would be exacerbated by renal failure, and toxicity could be seen with this medication as well with NSAID use. Finally, a bullet summary. Digoxin is renally cleared and patients may present with toxicity if exposed to nephrotoxic agents or NSAIDs. That's all for this review about digoxin. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, 
we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.